1: Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com/businessgrowth. Accelerate your podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, accelerate your business growth podcast. Continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. Uh, And and we are thrilled that we're such a great resource for small business owners, salespeople, entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, And this is thanks to our guests. These are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me to share that expertise so that you folks can take what you need and um, implement some ideas and hopefully uh, be more successful, happier, do better things in your business, that kind of thing. Today is no exception. Uh, no exception. My guest today is Louis Gadima. Louis helps companies from MIT startups to the Global 2000 increase their revenue by focusing on the fastest, least expensive, and most cost-effective programs to get more leads and sales. He's the founder and president of Marketing Consultancy, Revenue & Associates, and previously founded and grew a marketing agency into one of the top three or four in its national market before a successful exit. He's the author of Bullseye Marketing, which is available on Amazon and later in the podcast, he will share with you how you can get it. Thanks so much for joining me today, Louis.
2: Hi, Diane. It's a real pleasure, and uh, congratulations on all those Top ten, you know, top podcast awards. It's understandable. You do these terrific long conversations, which you know are so valuable.
1: Oh well, thank you. I really, I, I I appreciate that, and you, and you know, the variety of people. I've been so fortunate to have such great people join me and share what they know. It's, it's really, and I get a lot of feedback from the audience that they really appreciate it, and it is tremendously valuable for them too. So it works. We're going to keep doing it. So So we are talking about marketing today, which is a great topic. And I think one that, that um, just small business owners, especially, I think they struggle with, there's so much information coming at them of the things that they should be doing. And if they're not marketers by education or training, um, I, it just feels like it's this sort of um, amorphous thing that they can't necessarily get their arms around. So let's start by talking about the kinds of results that companies can get if they're marketing better.
2: Yeah, and I think that's critical. And I think a lot of, you know, small business owners, small and midsize companies, um, you know, the owners, the founders, uh, they're often really good at their industry and um, they're good at sales, but marketing is just not part of their DNA, as you were saying. And, uh, you know, as you also said, it's so complex now. It used to be just six or eight marketing channels like print and TV and direct mail, but now you've got dozens and dozens and thousands of vendors all claiming that theirs is the best. And so it's it's just become kind of overwhelming. But you know, study after study has shown that uh, companies that market more and better grow faster. Uh, there was a study a couple of years ago in the, of insurance agencies. Over a thousand insurance agencies were surveyed, and those that spent the most grew the fastest. Everybody got leads from referrals but the ones that did marketing got leads from uh, several other sources. Um, I did my own study a few years ago that I'm updating now, uh, and I looked at marketing across uh, small and mid-sized B2B companies. And uh, specifically when I honed in on software companies, the ones that had the best marketing programs were growing three to five times faster than the ones that uh, were doing very little marketing. I just had a conversation the other day, um, this head of sales and marketing uh, at a company that used to be a family owned business, has been around for 50 years as a family owned business and had grown to about uh, three dozen employees. So, you know, doing okay. But they they got acquired four years ago and uh, the new owner decided, you know, they wanted you know, because they had paid for this company, they wanted much better results. They put in a full uh, sales and marketing program. And in just four years, they more than doubled what that company had done in the previous 50 years. Wow. So you, just, you just see it over and over again yeah. that uh, companies can really, you know, accelerate their growth by using marketing. It shouldn't be an expense. It should be an investment in growth.
1: That's interesting. So so why do you think that more companies don't market more? Is it money?
2: Well, as we were saying, you know, it it's not, uh, you know, very few owners, very few presidents come up from marketing. Most come up from sales, or they come up from mm-hmm. the product side, or they come up from operations, very few come up from marketing. Um, and when you've got thousands of, uh, you know, when you've got dozens of channels, and th- then it, it's just like, where do you start? And, and that's really where the bullseye approach came out of, because I was working with companies, as you said, from, from startups to very large companies. And I had developed this playbook of how they could produce results quickly and have quick wins. Um, And that really was kind of in response to this problem because what a lot of people do when they, what a lot of companies do when they start to market, you know, the buzzwords these days, the things that get a lot of attention are social media or content, blogging, uh, those kinds of things. But those are very slow, long-term programs yeah. They they can be valuable in the long run, but you're not going to get uh payback in, in six months. And so if someone starts with that, if a company starts with social media or they start by blogging or producing a few videos or infographics, or even doing display ads, uh they're not gonna see many results and after six months they're gonna say, Oh, we knew it, marketing doesn't work for us. <laughs> But,
0: yeah. you know, but the whole point
2: of the, the, the uh, bullseye is to, the bullseye marketing approach is so they can get those quick wins, see uh, how it can be useful for them, and then expand ultimately out into those longer term
1: programs. Okay, so explain to me what the bullseye marketing concept is.
2: Basically, it, it divides uh, marketing programs into three phases. Three stages. And so the bullseye has the center and the, the second and third rings to it. And what companies need to do uh, is first take care of what's in the center of the bullseye. And these are what I call uh, fully exploiting their existing marketing assets. <clears throat> so marketing assets are, are how I describe things that companies own already if they've been a- Around for even just a few years, uh, but they're rarely exploiting them fully. And in fact, quite often, uh, just not aware of, of what, they are, what they're sitting on. And let me give you some examples.
1: That would be great. Uh, for, I was just going to uh, ask.
2: So one of, uh, you know, the most central asset the companies have is their customers. And if they uh, but very few companies actually talk to customers in a listening way. They, they they do sales calls to current customers. They try to upsell them, perhaps. But uh, they very rarely have conversations where they're asking questions, and they're really listening for half an hour or an hour to what's important to the customer, what can they improve, what are the concerns and the messages that really would work uh, to produce better results for the company, for the vendor. And yet when I do these uh, interviews for my clients, over and over again, uh, the clients are shocked by the, the information they get back. And and even if they're a service company and they think that they're close to their customers, uh, they get great insights. Let me just give you one example. I had right. a, a, cl- a client who, the owner said, all that our customers care about is price. I'm always skeptical if someone says that. (laughs) But that's what he believed. Uh, So I said, well, I'll interview your customers and find out. And the very first customer that I talked to who had been a customer for over a decade, at one point in, in the interview, I'll ask, you know, I'll say, here are seven or eight reasons why you might have chosen a vendor in this field prioritize and tell me what the top 3 were for you
0: and so i said
2: you know price timeliness quality of service innovation industry reputation etc and this customer the very first thing he says is well price wouldn't be in the top 3 <laughs> And yet the owner thought price was number one. Yeah. And because that's all the, you know, someone will negotiate on price. They'll ask for a cheaper price, but they're never, customers are never going to say, can you do lower quality?
1: Right. Can you
2: be, <laughs> you know, can, can you be late? Uh, and so these kinds of uh, things contribute to companies producing Better uh, a better customer experience, better products and services, better marketing, better messaging. Um, but another part about uh, important fact about current customers is it's way cheaper to retain and upsell current customers, sell more to current customers than it is to yeah. acquire new customers. like five to 25 times less expensive, which means that those you know, new sales are much, much more profitable, and yet companies focus way too much on acquiring new accounts compared to the effort they put into retaining and growing existing accounts.
1: Yeah. So that's,
2: that's, one, of the, that's one of those assets, but there's half a dozen of them. You know, the website, uh, often companies don't have clear messaging. And they don't have calls to action or conversion experiences. What we call conversion experiences, getting someone uh, who visits the site to do what they want them to do. So I would say 99.99% of the people who come to most company websites come and go without a trace. No one knows who they were or what they wanted. And so it's really important to start, you know, taking advantage of that website traffic to get more leads. And, uh, you know, I've doubled the number of web leads for some clients in just two or three weeks. Wow. Uh, another example is email lists. I'll ask a, a company, how many email contacts do you have? And they say, oh, 9,000, 22,000. Or maybe they're smaller, maybe it's 3,000 or 1,000. Then I'll say, What's, how, often, you know, when, how often you email them? Oh, at Christmas. <laughs> but email marketing is very I call it the 500 pound gorilla of of marketing. Yeah. It, it's very inexpensive. You you can have a 10,000 contact list and mail it over and over for less on a service like Mailchimp or Constant Contact for less than $100 a month. I know. Uh, so these are the marketing assets that's in the center of the bullseye. Okay. Uh, and it costs almost nothing to listen, to do these email programs, to improve the website messaging and, and have those calls of action. It can be done in weeks or a few months. You get results really fast and it's so inexpensive. Uh, and, so, and that lays the foundation for the other things. So in the second ring is selling to people who want to buy now. Um, you know, one of the th- it's a big world, and it's very easy. You know, with social media and content, you're 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 really communicating to a very big audience. But if those people aren't buying, you know, in the next few weeks or months, you're not getting any value back. Yeah. If someone bought a car last year or last month, they're not going to buy another car, you know, this year. And so how do you get in front of the people who want to buy now? And search ads is one of the ways, because everybody starts their um, buying and their research on search. Looking at surges in website, your website traffic is a way. You know, Suddenly, do you start to see particular customers or prospects who are coming to your site a lot more than they used to, opening your emails, reading more, downloading more? There's third-party services that sell um, what this kind of what we call intent data, people who intend to do something soon. And then the third ring is those long-term programs like social media and content and display ads and events uh, and direct mail and print that can really, you know, produce results over two or three years. But if it's no place to start, that's what you want to build towards once you've laid the foundation.
1: I, it's, that, it's so interesting. Um, it makes perfect sense to me when, when, you, when you put it that way. Um, and I agree with you, people are so busy being hunters that they forget they're also supposed to be nurturers and that their current clients are the ones who already trust them. And so paying attention to them and knowing what's going on with them is invaluable. It, it, it ends up creating a much longer term relationship with them as well, which just increases opportunity over time.
2: Yeah. And in a sense, what I'm doing here is popularizing what, what I sometimes call the marketing 1% know and have been doing for years. So, you know, elite marketers will often, when I describe this to them, they'll be like, well, of course. (laughs) But it's not, of course, to 85% of the business world. Right. Uh, Because that literally, I would say 80 to 85% of the business world is not doing um, you know what I or or most marketers would think of as as full or very robust marketing programs.
1: And yeah, I think you're right about that.
2: But like you said, you know, when you think about it, it makes a, a ton of sense. The first time I gave a talk on this, uh, as I was developing the approach and before I wrote the book, uh, I was you know testing it out, giving a few talks on it, and. When the Q and A came up, uh, one of the people in the audience said, "This makes so much sense. Why has no one thought of it before?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was like, "Okay, I think I'm onto something here."
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: I think I think this has uh, value. Yes,
1: yeah. yes, it does, and and it's so important too because for me, this is one. Of, it's so clear and commonsensical that I think it's the kind of thing that a small business owner who doesn't have a history of marketing can really grab onto. Like this makes sense. I get this. This is something I, they can feel that they can do right away. And so it's those quick wins. That's what I was really so curious about is what kind of quick, quick wins are you talking about? And now I get it. And that's really empowering for these small business owners who feel like they don't understand marketing and they don't know if they're hiring a marketing company that's doing a good job they don't understand any of the new ways of doing things and they don't want to have to take the time to become expert at it
2: yeah and and there are other things in the center of the bullseye too uh one of them that's critical for a a company that you know does have a few dozen employees isn't a, a real small business but has perhaps some, um, a few salespeople and and maybe someone uh, doing marketing or or is going to start that with this program, is having much better collaboration between sales and marketing. Um, I actually had a client that was a $300 million software company. Uh, And it took two weeks for a lead to go from A good lead, this is a situation where someone fills out a form on a website and says, we want to talk to someone now about buying. It would take two weeks for that to get to sales and be acted on. And by then it's Wow. Yeah. But you see this even, you know, so small business people shouldn't think, oh, you know, big companies do this, you know, really well, but I don't. Uh, because there's plenty of places, uh, plenty of times when I've worked with those very large companies, that uh, there are even some things in the center of the bullseye that, that they're not taking advantage of. Um,
1: yeah, I I can totally see that. I think they get that weird tunnel vision, and they tell their salespeople, just keep bringing in business, and they and they don't have that collaboration between those two, but they also don't really i think they feel like they're paying them to bring in new clients not necessarily new business and really realizing you can get new business from an existing client
2: yeah and sometimes you have some salespeople who are assigned for new accounts and others assigned yeah to existing accounts uh but you know the best companies Uh, in terms of that uh, growing customer accounts also focus intensely on customer success. And they have, you know, Salesforce is an example of this where they have a, a whole customer success group and that's fundamental to their approach, which is that group is not selling. That group is just communicating with customers make sure that they're using the product and getting the most out of it and finding out helping them use it better uh, so that they become successful and then they can sell more and you know these salespeople can sell more to them and they become advocates you know when your customers yeah. are out, out there um, advocating for you since people trust referrals much more than they trust advertising yeah you know, that's a that's a huge plus so that's part of that uh that center of the mm-hmm. bullseye
1: also mm-hmm. i think that's key yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah okay all right i'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then i have some more questions for you okay accelerate your business growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from and you can listen to them on any device including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link which is audibletrial.com/businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a 1-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Transform Your Company by Alex Voberov and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Field. So visit audibletrial.com/businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Louis Godema about the value of bullseye marketing, which is a fabulous concept. I'm loving this. Um, and you, Louie, mentioned. Um, earlier that you did your own research of, of B2B companies. And so it it prompted a question, does this work for both B2B and B2C?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. And any industry? As far as um, well, so when I did the, you know, there are, there are some companies that don't need marketing. Um, A real estate investment trust. A REIT doesn 't need marketing a you know wow. a company that 's in a pre product you know development stage pre market development stage it, it's, there are companies that have very very focused markets when I was doing my study i was I was looking at uh, you know all these different companies, and one of them is a company that leases oil tankers to oil companies. I don't think oh they need God. to market. You know, they, they yeah. know who their customer <laughs> is. You know, they just, they know they have, you know, 20 or 30 customers and they have the phone numbers and the, they have the contacts, so they probably don't need to market. So there are companies that don't need to market, but any company that's selling even to uh, many hundreds of customers, let alone thousands or tens of thousands or millions, uh, certainly can benefit from marketing.
1: Okay. And what about startups? So
2: a lot of the, so in the book, um, at the beginning, I lay out who the book is for and what the bullseye approach is. That's in the introduction in the first chapter. And then there's 20 more chapters on specific Um, tactics so so lots of tips about how to improve your uh, how to do customer interviews how to improve the customer experience in your website how to do email marketing and and the search ads and so forth chapter by chapter it lays out hundreds of of tips and best practices startups you know and I work with startups Um, I mentor startups at MIT Startups have a particular challenge because they don't have those center of the bullseye assets built up already. They don't have customers. They got
1: to
2: grab to get their first customers. They don't have a lot of website traffic. Uh, but a lot of the same. So they may be doing other things. Uh, you know, a consumer one of the consumer startups that I work with does pop-up events or they, uh, you know, in a mall or in a in a uh, public, uh, in an office building or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a B2B startup, they may be doing a lot of direct contact to uh, companies that they wanna sell to and doing a real direct sales outlet uh, but, the, but that's part of what's sometimes called account-based marketing. And so mar- a lot of these um, techniques still work, but they have to have a little different spin. So you still need a, a website that has clear messaging and those calls to action and conversion experiences. Startups need those just as much as anyone else, but initially they're not going to have as much w- website traffic. Startup absolutely should be doing those customer interviews. You know, that's critical for a startup. Um, The I Corps program uh, recommends 100 customer interviews. And in fact, I think it requires 100 customer interviews for any startup that's involved in the program. Uh, They need to, you know, as they start to build an email list, they can be uh, using that. And so these things all are important to startups, too, but they have to do a little different spin on it, and they're going to have other challenges that companies that have been around for a few years um, have grown past.
1: Yeah, okay. So so there's parts of it that they can do initially, um, but that there's some – it's more um, – there's tweaking that needs to be done so that it makes sense for where they're at.
2: Yeah, and it's just as important for them to understand that those third ring, those third phase programs uh, are probably not where they want to put most of their efforts initially. You know, that they're not going to get a big bang for their buck or their time on social media unless their whole business is based on social media of course, that's right. a, a different situation. Yeah. Um, you do sometimes, and, and a startup may have this situation, I worked with one company where it, it existed. Uh, in a particular industry, If, and that may be true in a, a startup industry, there may be very few companies producing content. And if it's a, a new field, and you're the only one producing content, you can shoot to the top of Google listings really fast in a way that you can't in mature industries. And so we were able, uh, with that company, to actually get high rankings uh, from just a small amount of content and get traffic from that. And we also were able to have successful search ad programs, partially because our competitors weren't good at it. Yeah. And, and you could see that uh, um, our ads were producing a lot of leads, and after a few months, they, the competitors typically stopped running ads at all. For, for oh, weeks.
1: that's interesting.
2: Yeah. And it wasn't surprising. Cause when I was looking at their programs, I was like, they're not getting anything from this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you really do have to, I mean, one of the things I like about this is that you have to be really, you have to look at the whole landscape realistically as, as you're determining, especially in that third ring, where you should be and what you should be doing. Um, that feels to me like you, you really wanna look and see what's going on, what what other people doing? Where, how can you differentiate yourself? Doesn't make sense yeah. to even be there.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, one of uh, part
2: of the genesis of this was when ma- many people think of marketing, people who aren't experienced with it, the third ring programs like social media and content, uh, display ads, that's almost their definition of marketing. Yeah. That's where they're going to start. If you asked someone, what is marketing? They would say those things. Um, And yet those are the slowest and, and, you know, take the longest to produce results. And so I was understanding because of that problem that, you know, why a lot of companies, and I was hearing from companies, you know, we tried things they didn't work. Um, Search engine optimization is in that third ring. And, yeah. there's, prob- there's probably more there's probably more shysters doing search engine optimization than any other kind of marketing program.
1: For sure.
2: Uh, so um, that's why I knew that this approach was needed. That's why I wrote the book uh, to help companies be much more successful, much more quickly, by by understanding the where the best opportunities were.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's so true. I um, It's funny because at the beginning of this, I was thinking, wow, the search engine optimization is one of those places that just really, that's one of the reasons why I think the small businesses don't like the market because they they're being told stuff they don't understand and they don't know what the reality is and then results aren't necessarily there. And Part of the reason I think they all think that social media is where they need to be is because that's what they're being told by every marketing company out there.
2: Yeah. And, you know, one of the realities is that social media has become worse and worse for brands over the last five years because the social media platforms like Facebook, uh, Twitter, and so forth, they've tweaked their algorithms to show brand posts Less and less. It, yeah. Five years ago, it used to be that if you were a brand on Facebook and you you posted something, maybe twenty five percent of your followers would see it. Today, that's more like two percent. Uh, I know, and
1: everybody sees it. I know. I mean, they they feel it. They they know that's happening to them because I get that question a lot too.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And and so I mean, you you could have a thousand followers on Facebook. And if you posted something, maybe 20 would see it. Yeah. So, you know, Facebook wants brands to pay for exposure now.
1: And yeah, frankly,
2: right. most people on Facebook want to see the stuff from their friends and family. And that's what Facebook is prioritizing.
1: It's, um, I think it's, it's, they're in a very interesting time. I think it's going to be interesting in the remainder of this year to see how, how all that pans out.
2: Oh yeah, but you know, yeah. one, of the, one of the things that, because, um, you know, I don't expect that everybody is gonna pick up the book, read it, and then be able to execute on everything. Um, and there's certainly channels and programs that I know very well and others that I wouldn't be as adept at uh, even after, you know, 20 years of digital marketing experience. But yeah. one of the things that the book will help business owners with, uh, if they don't have the time, and that's another critical element in this, uh, is managing their vendors. As, as you uh, said, you know, search engine optimization, most business owners don't know what a good program would look like
1: yeah for sure
2: um they don't uh and so and and adwords which can be turned on in, in a matter of minutes uh but the i in the book i compare the management console for adwords to the cockpit of a spaceship you know there's so many uh okay. levers and buttons and and so many different, you know, new terms, it would be overwhelming for many small business people. Um, But at least you can see that the ads are running, and you can see if you're getting returned and so forth pretty quickly. Uh, But the book will definitely make them a much more informed manager uh, and consumer of marketing services.
1: Yeah, that is awesome and so critically important it does lead me to a question which is because it sounds like the other side of that is that even a small business owner with you know very little marketing experience could do this on their own is that is that your belief
2: i well i the the biggest problem i run into the last chapter of the book is one page, and it's called execute. And the biggest challenge for many small business owners is the time element. They're already yeah. 110% busy. And now yeah. the idea that they're going to suddenly and consistently and repeatedly, because cadence is so important and consistency is so important, that they're going to keep at this you know, week after week uh, when it's totally new to them. Um, I, I think it will be chal- that will be challenging for for most small business owners. Yeah. And so, they they probably they may have more success if they use uh, an agency or a consultant to manage and execute on a lot of this for them. Uh, and that they manage and meet with you know. That they understand they're going to have to provide a lot of information for the, for those uh, vendors. That they're going to have to review things and help them with the content development and so forth. But that they don't uh, necessarily try to do it all themselves, because I, th- I think that from a pure time point of view, that would probably be very difficult.
1: Okay, I think that's a good point. So it isn't a matter of being able to understand it. They'll be able to understand it, which will make it easier for them to manage their vendors and make sure they're getting what they should be getting out of them.
2: Yeah. And what a lot of people have said who have read the book is that it's a very, and this was deliberate, you know, it's a very readable, approachable, non-jargon filled book Mm -hmm. that, you know, so that people who are not really uh, deep into a lot of marketing terminology can get a lot out of it
1: yeah yeah that's great. So what are the biggest challenges you think companies um, face when they start bullseye marketing
2: Well, it's that that uh, time and budget okay. commitment and the uh, the executing that they do okay. have you know no one in in a small business or not even many people in a big business are sitting around you know twiddling their thumbs. yeah um sometimes it's a matter of you know doing doing giving a serious look to their time management and personal productivity and how can they free up half an hour or an hour a day on average to to do this Uh, sometimes it's a matter of offloading lower priority tasks to other Mm. people sometimes it's Like I said, bringing in consultants and marketers, whether they're on staff or outside to, uh, you know, and they, you may start off with someone who's just part-time. Um, there's an awful lot of resources to connect with, uh, really good people all over the world, frankly, who can help with this. So, um. I think I think the biggest challenge, because the center of the bullseye is not expensive, um, so money should not be yeah. a huge issue. The biggest challenge is more on the, uh, the management, the time management, the execution side of it, and being very uh, consistent.
1: Yeah, yeah. I find that um, when people have... Uh, an initiative like that and they break it down into really small pieces and don't have grand expectations of huge um progress quickly you know that that they get it that it's going to take time and so they break it down and they just keep working it methodically that they find themselves getting things done successfully in that inner circle um in that bullseye. And um it just be then it be, can become a just a matter of course of how they do business. But at first they have to intentionally make sure they're getting it done till they build the habit.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So um this is so great. I really I love this concept. I think it is so manageable and um understandable for small business, I think it really is empowering for them. So will you tell the listeners where they can get the book? I know we said Amazon, but, um, and how they can find you and yeah. all that. So, stuff. Um,
2: so the the website with book information is com. but just go to Amazon and look up Louie Godema Bullseye Marketing. Um, it's the only book I've written, so it should come up. And uh, there's uh, Kindle and paperback versions available there. And then I'm, uh, my agency is Revenue and Associates, and our website is revenueassociates.biz. Uh, so, those, and I'm on Twitter as Louis Godema. And so, those are all places where uh, you can connect with me and would love to hear from people.
1: Terrific. Well, thank you so much for coming on and explaining this concept. I, as I said, I think it's tremendously valuable for the listeners um, and, and gives them a way to go, which is a beautiful thing. So thank you for that.
2: Thank you, Diane. I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh,
1: my pleasure. And I'd like to thank our listeners, as always, and our sponsor uh, to get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook when you sign up for that trial go to audibletrial.com slash As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day.
0: Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly